on this episode of the World of CONCACAF. We go to France. Technically. Something like that. Thanks for tuning in. Everybody. Welcome to the World of CONCACAF podcast. I'm Eric Schmitz. I'm Jonathan Slate. And I'm Donald Wine. Fellas, how are we doing today? Doing pretty well. The weather's starting to turn a little bit. It's, you know, it's starting to get a little bit cooler, a little more bearable. Uh, we're inching toward uh, the World Cup. And so, so things are good. I mean, for me, we still have, we're still getting 90 degree weather um for the next week or so and then i think fall is going to start to uh throw some haymakers here and and move its way into into the paint so uh i'm really looking forward to hoodie season it's right around the corner as is some tournament this november over in qatar um but we'll we'll talk about soccer a little bit later uh, first, I want to shout out, thank you to all our patrons for supporting our podcast. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash podcacaf, uh, support the pod, what we're doing. Really appreciate it. Um, it. We appreciate the support that allows us to continue doing these podcasts about small countries and their soccer and culture. And that's what, one least, that's what this episode is about today. Today is a CONCACAF laser focus episode. And we're going to talk about French Guiana. Uh, so we're going to do our laser focus, and then it's real team or fake team time for me. But let's talk about French Guiana. So CONCACAF laser focus, French Guiana. Donald, tell us about French Guiana. Yeah, so French Guiana is what we call an overseas department of France. It's basically, uh, treat it like a state. It's like Hawaii, essentially, to France. Uh, and they are one of the three CONCACAF members that rests on the continent of South America. So they're not an island, although they are part of the best sub-confederation, the CFU. Now, Donald, can you remind me, what does CONCACAF stand for? CONCACAF stands for the, I don't know what it stands for, but it stands for <laughs> North America, wait, Central wait, America, wait. and the Caribbean. Okay, you got it. It's, it's the, the con- Confederation of North American... Uh, Central American and Caribbean football. So, of course, we've got teams in South America. Yes, classic. Well, we talked guy. about this on a on an episode before on why they uh, we have the three French Guiana, Guyana, and Suriname. Why those three are part of the CFU again, the greatest sub confederation in the world, uh, and it's mainly because their culture really. Uh, speaks more to that than it does to the rest of South America. Plus, they said, hey, why would we stick around and just get you know destroyed by the Big Ten nations on the continent when we could just play uh, in the, in, uh, in a smart move, really? Why we can yeah. just play islands all day. That's, yeah. that's the smartest move anyone's ever made. Um, and all three of them made that well. But let's go back to French Guiana. We'll focus on Suriname and others in another show. But French Guiana is the second largest region of France. So like the second largest state in 
France, which is interesting because it's overseas. It's also the largest outer region in the entire European Union. So of all the overseas departments and states and, you know, colonies that all these countries have, this one is the biggest. Its border with France is considered France's longest land border. That's funny. Um, it, that, in that land border, um, uh, it, the border with France, uh, I'm sorry, the border with Brazil um, is considered France's largest land border. And France's only two non-European land borders, it is with the French Guiana, Brazil and Suriname to the west. So it's interesting that a lot of French records have been set here uh, with French Guiana. How did the French come to be part of French Guiana and how does it come to own it? Well, the nation was originally inhabited by indigenous populations, but the French attempted to colonize it in the 16th century. The first establishment was in 1503, but a consistent presence wasn't felt by the French until the capital of Cayenne was founded in 1643. It started as a slave state and it basically served as a slave society for 150 years until the French Revolution began. And in, in 1794, France outlawed slavery, which included all of its overseas colonies. It then switched to a penal colony, similar to how Australia was to the United Kingdom. Basically, France sent a ton of prisoners, 56,000, to Devil's Island, which is part of the Salvation Islands right off the coast of French Guiana. And reportedly, it was a very, very hard thing to do. They did forced labor there. Only 10% of all prisoners that went to Devil's Island actually survived their sentence. So basically became a death sentence. Of course, that is also why it's called Devil's Island. Devil's Island operated as a penal colony for 100 years. But uh, in the meantime, the Portuguese conquered French Guiana in 1809, along with Suriname, but eventually returned French Guiana to the French uh, a couple of years later. And French Guiana, again, served as a slave colony, a slave state and a penal colony until 1946, when it eventually became an overseas department of France, which remains to this day. Overseas department, again, uh, they call their states departments. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing I found doing research about this is that the, they called them the Guianas because it wasn't just like French Guiana. There were multiple Guianas. Like there's a Dutch Guiana that's now Suriname. British Guiana is now just Guiana. And you had your French Guiana. And I felt it was very interesting that it's like all of a sudden it's like you get a Guiana, you get a Guiana, you get a Guiana. And it's like. Colonial and all and, and all of them operated as slave societies as well. And that, that's kind yeah. of what it was. It was the mm -hmm. it was one of the beacons of all the Caribbean islands. And then again, that's why uh, their cultures kind of level out with that of the Caribbean, because all of these countries, when they were being colonized, they kind of all got colonized around the same time. Now, I, I this I, I want to talk about French Guiana's geography for a second. It does not have a ton of population. Two hundred and ninety four thousand people live in French Guiana, half of which live in the Cayenne metro area. Official language is French uh, and French. And then they have a Creole, a local Creole, which are the most widely spoken languages. But there are other languages that include Hakka Chinese, many na native languages and Javanese. So, uh, again, a Chinese and an Indonesian population, if you will, uh, are on the island. But for, for all intents and purposes, French is the dominating language of the land, as well as the Latin or the local Patois. Yeah. Now, obviously, you have that French influence. The one other thing I found doing research for this is like the weather there seems ideal. Like your record highs are in like the mid 90s, like all time weather in French Guiana. 
and the record highs are in like the mid 90s and the low record lows are in like the mid 60s obviously we're talking fahrenheit here not celsius that nonsense that would be like yeah like (laughs) very hot very very hot but no like it seems like a very great climate to just exist in it's just nice every day it's close to the equator so that makes a lot of sense yeah for sure um other interesting things about the culture that i found obviously donald you mentioned that about 125 about almost half of the population lives in cayenne or the surrounding region of the people live in french guiana again this is a country of 300,000 ish only 50 to 60% of those were actually born in French Guiana. So they've got a lot of immigrants, like 10% of the population came from like mainland France over into French Guiana. Some of our coming from other areas, but it's a very diverse population. Other interesting note I found on the Wikipedia, apparently fertility rates are very high in the country, like the highest of any region in France. So, you know, French Guiana be fucking. Uh, <laughs> that population gonna keep going up. Uh, obviously, that French influence is in a lot of things, especially the cuisine. Um, but it's the Caribbean. So, you know, you got your smoked meats, your smoked, your smoked chicken is huge there. Uh, smoked fishes, the local plants, your spices. It looks fantastic, but most importantly to this podcast, the rum. So right now, there's actually only one distiller in French Guiana making rum, the St. Maurice Distillery. Uh, Their big rum is the Toucan Boco, and Toucan, there's a giant bird on the label, and it looks and sounds fantastic. So looking forward to uh, eventually trying out that rum um but the culture it's very similar to other nations in the region you've got your colonial influence let's talk about the soccer and i think the main thing we want to point out as we referenced before like is a region of france so the federation is actually just a subset of the french football federation like legit the French Guiana, like federation, sub federation, their website is part of the FFF website. Like their web address is FFF.fr. Like it's not even its own thing. And I do appreciate how they use the abbreviation LFG, you know, for all the stuff. Like it's good, very good branding, LFG. Uh, Jonathan, tell us more about. LFG and soccer in French Guiana. So as we, we kind of talked about, um, this is, you know, it's a small nation. Um, you know, they're kind of there. You know, they don't have any FIFA affiliation being as that they are a overseas department. Um, but, you know, they got their CONCACAF. Uh, they were an observer first in the 83 and they became a full fledged member uh, in 2013. Um, but, you know, so they have two main leagues. Uh, the French Guiana Regional One being the Premier Division, and then the Regional Two being the the second division. So there's 12 teams uh, in the league. Uh, 
uh, teams that finish the top two, the bottom two spots get relegated. Um, and it's equivalent about like the sixth uh, tier of football in, in France. Um, you know, it's really interesting, very hard. So there's 17 teams total within the pyramid. So, I mean, you're talking about a second division that is only five teams. Um, and I think the thing that is most interesting about, um, you know, French Guiana and, and the football is the fact of as it is an overseas department of France, it they are eligible to be a part of the Coupe de France. So the Coupe de France is the big cup competition in in France. Um, and it is known to be the largest cup competition in the world. 80. 80- so, wait, Jonathan. So they, a CONCACAF nation, are sending teams to a competition in UEFA? Do they get to go yeah. to like Champions League? No, they would not get to go to Champions League because they are not a they are not a UEFA member. Um, we've not seen a overseas department win um, in I don't think ever. Um, there's only been two clubs ever that have won outside of uh, Ligue 1. And that's Laharve and Guingamp. And both of those are are within the the French uh you know, the French league league system. But yes, so they could in theory, you know, they could win a they could win a competition uh and not be available to go to, you know, whether it be Champions League or I believe it's actually the Europa League. But so they compete in this competition, um, largest in the world. Um and then they also outside of their um, you know, the Coupe de France, their, you know, cup within their nation. There is also, um, it isn't around anymore. It hasn't been played, uh, since 2007, but it's a uh, Coupe, uh, D O M. And so it was a club, club, uh, the Coupe de Departments de Ultramer. And that, so it was all of the overseas territory, overseas departments. So you had French Guiana, Guadeloupe, Martinique. Mayote and then Reunion all participated in this tournament. It ran from 89 to uh to 2003, got reorganized uh, and was played from 04 to 07, um, but hasn't been played since. Um, but it's just an interesting being just interesting to see like, you know, how some of these countries that are overseas departments, you know, they're kind of having their own uh tournament. Uh, you know, together. So, Jonathan, back to the Coupe de France. You were mentioning that it was the largest in the world, but I need people to grasp how big that tournament is and how many clubs are actually involved. How many are? So, yeah, it's 8,506 clubs compete in this tournament. Wait, wait, wait. There's how all... many? How many? 8,506 compete fuck? in <laughs> And there's some like, I mean, there's some really interesting and fun, like, you know, quirks to the tournament aside from it being fucking massive. Um, like if a set, like if a team is two levels higher than the team that they're playing, the team, the higher level team has to go on the road to the lower level team. Um, so you get a lot of like big teams going to like really small places. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking massive. It's a bit weird. Um, and it's 
fitting that it has some tie-ins to CONCACAF. How many rounds is this, man? Like, I like I can imagine someone, a team in, in French Guiana is like, yo, we were supposed to have a match this weekend, but we're in like round 437 of the Coupe de France. <laughs> so it's 14 rounds. Um, <laughs> it's ridiculous. And PSG like ain't played nobody so- in French Guiana. So like I the uh yeah you're only gonna like they're hyper localized to um and a lot of these are like so like my my at French Polynesia New Caledonia a lot of these um they have the uh, like they're it's the winner of their cup competition that goes and is the representative so like there are some earlier rounds that aren't included in that fourteen but there are every year there is eight thousand. Uh, five hundred and six teams that are eligible to win. That's insanity. Like how uh, it's incredible they get that in every year. Like that should be like a five year process to get get a winner out of that thing. Just imagine if round one was like postponed due to weather. I mean, the fact that it's like split all over the world. I mean, you would never have a single round that was just, yeah. but it's, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, um, I mean, it's wild. The fact that like, you know, by 1948, there was a thousand. So like, I mean, wow. like even like there's a thousand teams in this tournament in, um, in the, in the forties, which is just, and it's, I mean, it has grown exponentially, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I'm just thinking of the scenario. It's like bad storm rolls through. All right. We got to reschedule 4,000 games for next week. <laughs> it's a Jeez. betting degenerates like heaven. Oh, my God. Yeah. I can only imagine. Like, <laughs> there's got to be, there's got to be opportunity there. All right. You know, I think about like that FA Cup third round weekend where you have all the teams playing in England. And like you know, you throw a huge parlay together, and it's you know, it's a forty team. But like, yeah, like I, I put together this uh, two thousand team parlay that I have running. <laughs> <laughs> the app sets your phone on fire while you're trying to place it. Yeah. All right. Cool. So obviously, some interesting stuff with soccer. We'll talk about the national teams a bit first. We'll start off with the women's national team or lack thereof. Um, that French Guiana actually has not entered a women's national team into any of the recent tournaments. Um, the recently completed CONCACFW tournament, they didn't even bother trying to qualify for it. Um, so France, get your shit together. Women's soccer deserves, you know, some effort. I know you got 300,000 people. You can, you can find an 11 somewhere and uh, participate. So... Unfortunately, not a lot to say about the women's national team, but Donald, let's talk about the men's national team for French Guiana. Yeah, so the French Guiana men's national team, they've actually been halfway decent recently, but despite being around since about 1936, they haven't had a lot of success on the field. Their biggest official win was over the British Virgin Islands back in May 2014. That was a 6 nothing victory but they do have an unofficial victory over St. Pierre and Miquelon. That was 11-0 back in September of 2012. So again, very, very recent where they've started to really see some success on the field. Their most cap player is actually still on the team, Rudy Evans. He's currently has 63 caps and he's been around for about 14 years. So again, not a lot of caps. They don't have a lot of chances where they've gotten to play until you know they started getting a little better. 
Um, Gary Pigri is the player who has the most goals in French Guiana's national team history with 16. I cannot confirm this, but there is another guy named Gabriel Pigri who is second with eight. I don't know if they're related, so I'm not going to speculate, but chances are they are related somewhere, whether they be brother or, or cousin down the line. Uh, but Pigri is the top, is the, is the pedigree of name that you want in French Guiana soccer, because those two top the goals list right now uh, on the national team. I do have to say, and we saw him ball out in nation's league, Joel Saruko is their top scorer at the time at the moment. He is a hell of a player. Um, I'm not sure where he's playing currently, but Joel Saruko wanted to shout it out. Cause yeah, I saw the name and I'm like, yo, I know that dude. Yeah. Um, and the reason why you, you probably haven't heard of a lot of their players is honestly going back to the fact that French Guiana is a French overseas department. They've had a few of their finest players go on to play for France because they're eligible to play for France. The best examples being Bernard Lama, who played in the World Cup in France for France in 1998. He was part of that winning squad, also was a part of the winning squad at Euro 2000. And then we have Florent Maluda, who played on the 2006 uh, France team that went to the final and lost in, on penalties to Italy. Again, that's the famous Zidane headbutt game. But there's more to the story of, front of Florent Maluda. And Eric, I'm going to give it to you to talk about this legend of a player, not just in UEFA, but also in CONCACAF. Yeah, we got to turn the CONCACAF meter to fucking 11 here because this this shit is wild. I'm sure some of you guys listening uh, probably remember this story. So we're going we're gonna to go into the Wayback Machine all the way back into 2017. And as we've talked about, Florent Maluda played for France in the World Cup. Like people know knew who he was. Played and for Chelsea for years. Yeah. He like he had an incredible career. And obviously, once he, he played in the World Cup for France like a while back, and his career is winding down, obviously out of the conversation for the French national team. Maluda was actually born in French Guiana. So he had whatever, if you want to call it citizenship to French Guiana, which was really just part of France. Um, and as career was winding down, it's like, you know what? It'd be cool. The Yana Dokos, you know, the French Guiana national team called him up. It's like, yeah, come on in. The problem, go ahead. Can I break in? So the reason why this is significant is because I mentioned the last lack of success that the national team has had on the field. This is the 2017 Gold Cup. This is the only major competition that they've ever qualified for. And they, again, they had to qualify to get there, but they eventually get there. And of course, uh, 2017, they want to make a good showing. And that's where we enter Florent Maluda. Well, like the interesting part is, so Maluda actually joined French Guiana for the Caribbean Cup finals, which was qualifying for the Gold Cup. So French French Guiana got bronze in the Caribbean Cup and because of that qualified for the Gold Cup. So Maluda had appeared in two games already. Everyone knew about this. Like everyone was on top of this. Like, yo, Flora Maluda is playing for fucking French Guiana right now. This is wild. And CONCACAF's like, yeah, no, you, you, you're kept tied to France. Like you can't play in the Gold Cup. Like our rules say we follow FIFA eligibility guidelines. Like it's in the rules. 
you can't play in the Gold Cup. And French Guiana's like, yeah, we'll see about that. We'll see. So even after CONCACAF told him, yo, you're not eligible, told French Guiana, yo, he's not eligible, they decided to run him out in their first Gold Cup game against Canada. It's like, dude, you're not eligible to play. So <laughs> they, they play him anyway, and then they have to forfeit. And Conkev's like, dude, you can't play. Stop. And Donald, if you want to take it from here, like, because you wrote about this on your blog. Yeah. Right? It, it, the funny thing is, is that there are, like you said, there have been several checks to this point, right? There has been. And honestly, there was talk about whether or not he was eligible for that Caribbean Cup in which French Guiana qualified, because, again, FIFA rules kind of com- uh, relied or uh, applied to that. But they have there's one check that CONCACAF kind of just overlooked, right? Every team in the Gold Cup has to submit a roster, an official roster, and they verified to make sure everyone on that roster is eligible. And if someone is not eligible and they are run out in the field, According to the rules, the game must stop immediately, and that player has to be removed from the game. Well, like, this is the crazy thing. So we found an article from Sports Illustrated back in 2017. This was actually written by Brian Strauss, great, great reporter. Um, because French Guiana is non-FIFA, FIFA doesn't care. FIFA let, lets him play in whatever. It's CONCACAF that has the rules. And this is legitimately the Gold Cup regulations at the time, section 15. It reads, each participating member association shall select its national representative team from the best players who are nationals of its country and under its jurisdiction and are eligible for selection in accordance with the provisions of the applicable FIFA regulations. So it says, if you are kept tied in FIFA, you are kept tied here. So he was a France player. So the spokesman from CONCACAF said, even after French Guiana was like, yo, that's fine. We're still playing them. The spokesman for CONCACAF said, quote, the rules say he's ineligible. We are using FIFA rules. And so a player who has played in an official match for a different national team cannot play in the Gold Cup. More precisely, he is not eligible to play. He can play, but he's not eligible. So right. like that's my problem, right? And that's that's where that's where CONCACAF because again, if if for the World Cup, right? If we submit a player and that player is ineligible, FIFA's gonna be like, yo, either he goes or the whole team goes. And you make that conscious decision, yo, I'll just leave this player out and we'll we'll deal with it later. But not only did French Guiana say, or basically CONCACAF said, I wish you would, and French Guiana said, Yo, we're going to. <laughs> and then CONCACAF responded with, No, please don't. Please don't do that. And French Guiana said, watch us. Like they had the, the, the usher me. Watch this. Watch this. Like just put him out there. And again, there is a whole referee crew that literally knows this is coming, knows this is about to happen. And they still were like, I mean, that's not my job. My <laughs> job that yo, that really was your job. Your job is to say, yo, this player is ineligible. He's not on the official roster. And again, CONCACAF approved the roster with Florent Maluda on it. They watched him put him into starting 11. They watched him put him, on, you know, walk out into the field. There were so many checks that they did. And each throughout all these CONCACAF is literally saying, I wish you would. And French Gannon is like, no, literally, we are doing this. We, we, 
we we are about to do this right now. If you have if you have any siblings of wanting to stop this, now is the time because we're not waiting on you. And Kakakef didn't say anything, so they let him play a whole ass game, <laughs> and then finally go, you forfeit. Like yeah, I remember so, this back in twenty seventeen. It was so it's so vivid in my memory. It's because it's so dumb. We, we knew we because we knew going into it like they were like yeah we're gonna play them. There was <laughs> they've been was talking about it. See? Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, they have been talking about it for like three months. This was not like a hey, you know, he got eligible last week. We're gonna try comments. It was up. They literally were like, "Yo, we about to play him." And this chicken <laughs> game was back and forth for several months. So French Guiana ended up fielding Maluda. He played in a zero-zero draw against Honduras, despite being told that he was not eligible to play. Dude just walked on the field and. You know, put on a jersey and did his thing. Now, uh, now, that's the point, right? Like the way he even said it, it, it seems like he just came out of the stands and was like, "Oh, I, I have the requisite gear on. I'm just gonna keep playing." And no, like, no, he literally was like, "They're like the, the an hour before the game, they listed the they listed this official lineup, and Concacaf sent this out as a press release. Here is the official lineup. Florent Maluda is starting. <laughs> he's not eligible, but he's starting anyway." everyone like i mean i remember people like we were it was like the same day as a u.s game and we're kind of in the parking lot and i'm looking at like social media like they really let him play they're really gonna let him play and like i remember even trying to find a tv or like someone's phone to watch this occur and it literally was just like like a normal game like it wasn't like someone came out and like read a decree and florent was like yo piss on your your decree they just said hey starting they announced him in the stadium there was like mix of cheers and booze like it, it was it was very very weird to do but it it's almost why i love this the most right this is honestly one of the most concacaf things that has ever occurred in the history of sports so i'm guessing you must have been at the night before party for us martinique in tampa that's correct that would track so yeah so he ended up taking the field in a the game against Honduras, Honduras was eventually awarded a 3-0 forfeit victory. And Honduras, on the strength of that victory, actually advanced to the group stage because <laughs> they got they had one more point than Martinique. So Florent Maluda pushing Honduras through to the Gold Cup knockout stage. Just absolute nonsense. And then I'm uh, pretty sure he didn't appear again after that. Like I no, think... not in the gold cup because he's got he's at four yeah. total caps for um, right. He has the the other games, uh, the Caribbean uh, tournament, and then he has the the one uh, gold cup game. Yeah. So mm-hmm. quick re- revising the history. So that French Guiana's first game in that tournament was against Canada. He did not play for that. The second they lost four two. The second game against Honduras, they're like, shit, might as well and throw him out there <laughs> and took a 3-0 loss. Uh, Maluda would eventually appeal his suspension. He was suspended by CONCACAF because he was ineligible to play. He appealed that suspension, and that appeal was denied. So Florent Maluda, he had a great run playing for French Guiana, but just another chapter in the long-storied history of Concacaf bullshit that we're here having a podcast to talk about. Marcus Rashford, I bet you won't do it for some kids. <laughs> <laughs>
let's get like let's get a hashtag going just start calling guys out bet you won't yeah all right so french guiana there's your country there's your football there's your laser focus completed it's time for real team or fake team so real team fake team jonathan and donald have found six teams that may or may not exist and I've got to figure out a way to determine if they're real or not. Um, so, guys, floor is yours. Hit me with your best shot. Fire away. All right. I'm gonna gonna hit us first. So I'm gonna go racing club cayenne. I'm going fake because racing club, I don't believe there would be an English name from on a french team so the i will say the racing you know prefix is usually is most associated with uh spain not england um but that is a real team oh, uh, racing racing club cayenne uh won the inaugural uh league title in 19 in the 1962 to 1963 season um and then never won another title fine so you're so you're all for one uh and i am up next and your next team is asc saint laurent du maroni that's that's a long ass name um I'm going fake. Saint Laurent du Maroni is a real city in French Guiana. ASC is the fi- prefix for several clubs, but together they are yes, a fake team. <laughs> On the board, let's go. All right. So next up, we have Grand Santi. Santi. I I do want to point out for our listeners that Slape on our Zoom has gone, turned his camera off, so I can't get any tells. Um, And I think that's kind of rude. Um, I'm saying fake. That is a real team. Uh, They are a current member uh, of the French Guiana Regional 1. So Eric is one for three. One for three. All right. So your next team is simply known as KFC, Crew Football (laughs) Club. And that's football in English. KFC. This is too good to be true, which means it probably is. I'm going real team. Kuru Football Club is indeed a real team. That is one of the, there's literally two, like two English (laughs) or three English names in all of French Guiana, and we've picked two of them. Yeah. Well, as we are well aware on this podcast, KFC in that region can only mean good things. It's probably banging too. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So two for four. So my last one, Racing Club Arawak. Racing Club Arawak. Now you did say there were other racing clubs, so I'm going to say real. 
that is a fake team. Um, they are, uh, Arawak is one of the indigenous tribes uh, within French Guiana. Um, so, wedding is horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> Two for five. Two for five. All right. So, your final team is Olympic Jean Francois. Olympic. Is it Olympic, like ending with a Olympique. C? Or Olympique. Olympique. Yes. Okay. Olympique. The French spelling. Olympique. I'm going to go real team. You're going to go what now? Real team. Olympic Jean-Francois. Jean-Francois, one of the great players in French Guiana history, but does not have anything Olympic about him. That is a fake team. So two for six for, for our friend Eric. I mean, you got on the board on like Donald that one time. Yeah, I mean, it's a poor performance. Obviously, I was kind of rattled by not having Jonathan's, you know, sultry eyes look through <laughs> um, and kind of read. But also, my French is not great. So I've been doing a lot more. Sp- I'm more familiar with the Spanish names and phrases now. Like, it's just a bad matchup, you know, sometimes. You got can't play your own formation, so I just wasn't ready. Game plan wasn't there. And then when we dropped the English words out of you, you were just like, "What, huh?" <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna take my two for six, and I'm gonna go home. Thank you guys for uh, a tough, tough competition. Uh, we'll go ahead and we'll wrap up there. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to all our supporters on Patreon. You can subscribe at patreon.com slash podcacaf. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at podcacaf, P-O-D-C-A-C-A-F on all the social medias. Uh, Merch coming soon, we promise. Uh, Donald, Jonathan, you want to tell them where you're at? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at jslapessp and at uh, Speedway Soccer. Um, you also find written work at broadwaysportsmedia.com. And for me, at BlazingDW on Twitter. And you can also find my written work over at starsandstripesfc.com. Thanks, for everybody, for tuning in. And we'll see you next time.